Hey everybody, welcome to Fight Talk. This is Steven Jensen. Today's episode is going to be a review of Glory Pro Wrestling. It was an event called War of the New Age. It happened on July the 9th. I was there live in the house in Belleville, Illinois. Made the trip from Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be talking about that today. As well as WWE Great Balls of Fire, which happened the same day. This past Sunday was a very busy day. Catching up on sleep, getting back to work. All that good stuff. Me and Zach Epstein are here today to talk about Glory Pro, and then we're going to do a full review of WWE Great Balls of Fire as well. And before we get started on this, I just want to preface this by saying Glory Pro Wrestling is a family event. Uh, when you go there live, it's really cool because they have this kind of like no swearing rule that they do to keep it family friendly. That goes for the talent as well as the fans. And I just want to let everyone know that this podcast is not, it is a family-friendly show, but we do we do curse fairly often on this show. I mark it as explicit, and that's going to be no different for this episode because the best way we can express ourselves as far as this show is concerned, there's going to be some cuss words, but it's going to be in a very positive way, to be completely honest. I just want to mention that because this means no disrespect to the company. If anyone at Glory, Glory Pro listens to this, Michael Elgin, anyone like that, I just want you to know I'll always keep it professional and fan-friendly at your shows, but as far as my podcast is concerned, um, it is pretty much anything goes. So I just wanted to let anyone know that's listening to this that that is the case. And I also want to let anyone know, before we get started on this review of Glory Pro and WWE Great Balls of Fire, to make sure to check out our friends at Heroes and Legends, who are celebrating 15 years in business, established in 2002 as a pro wrestling collectible and memorabilia company. They specialize in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autograph memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Make sure to follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling, and they can be found live in person on the following dates. We got Freedom Pro Wrestling coming up again in Nashville, Tennessee, August the 19th. I'll be there live in the house in the Nashville Fairgrounds as well, so make sure to say hey to me and the folks at Heroes and Legends while you're at that show. And also make sure to mark your calendar for November the 25th, Russell Kidd in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn, two massive legends in the world of mixed martial arts as well as professional wrestling, will be there live in the house, courtesy of our friends at Heroes and Legends. They're going to be there doing autographs, taking pictures, telling stories, doing interviews. It's going to be a really great time and a really great chance for you to meet some legitimate legends in the worlds of MMA and pro wrestling. I plan on being there live as well for that, so once again, say hey to me and the folks at Heroes and Legends while you're there. Also, shout out to WrestleRumble.com. The Great Balls of Fire contest is obviously closed because the event is over, but the winners will be announced very soon if they haven't already. Make sure to check out everything that they do and check out their merchandise too at WrestleRumble.com. They have t-shirts available. And they can be followed on Twitter at WrestleRumble. Uh, their next uh, their next pick'em contest, I'm sure, will be great because it always is. There's always big prizes. The the main prize for Great Balls of Fire was $500 cash and a free copy of WWE 2K18 when it comes out. And there was let's see another 200 another $300 that was up for grabs beyond that prize just for predicting pro wrestling. So once again. At Russell Rumble on Twitter, make sure to follow everything they do and check them out at WrestleRumble.com. Also, make sure to hit up Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. Brian Jensen is a USA Boxing and NSAM certified trainer out of Delgado Boxing in Sandy Springs, Georgia. That's in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Give him a call at 404-316-4516 or email him directly at brian at delgadoboxing.net. That is B-R-Y-A-N at delgadoboxing.net. 
If you want to learn how to throw hands, get in better shape, learn self-defense, or polish up your existing skills, Brian Jensen is the man for you. You can also be followed on Instagram at BMJMMA. Once again, that's BMJMMA on Instagram. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing right now. And last, but definitely not least, always make sure to check in to williamsonbros.com for all of your barbecue and sauce and rub and spice needs. They have everything you can think of. They even have three physical locations in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Williamson Brothers Barbecue is amazing. All natural ingredients. Uh, I got Zach sitting here with me. We eat the stuff all the time. Uh, We have the original sauce. We have the spicy Chipotle. We also have the classic Carolina, which is the mustard-based. I mean, there's really, we we keep talking about it week after week, but it really is the best stuff out there. Uh, Zach, you got anything you want to tell the uh, the great listeners of the Fight Talk podcast about the Williamson Brothers Barbecue? Um... I mean, there's nothing more that I could really add on except it, it, it goes well with just about every single food group. Like, you can put it on your chicken, your pork. It, it goes well with steak. Just use any of the three sauces and it just it goes with anything. It works great as a condiment, too, just as far as, like, if you want something different than ketchup every now and then for your fries. Oh, we get cheese fries over here fairly often when we're watching shows, hanging out. It works great. You know, if you're tired of the same old ketchup every time, their sauces work great. And like I said, they're all natural. They're gluten-free. I mean, they're so natural, you can find them in Whole Foods. I mean, it doesn't get really more plain than that. I mean, natural ingredients, Whole Foods. But you can also find it in Kroger, Walmart, Publix. There's a bunch of, uh, about about 2,000 distribution channels in the Southeast region. But once again, williamsonbros.com. Once again, williamsonbros.com. You can get it mailed out from anywhere. And if you want to try it for free, hit me up. Uh, Just... Send me a message on Twitter, at FightTalk underscore, at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Just say, I want to try the sauce, and I'll send you out some for free, just so you can try it yourself. That's how much I believe in Williamson Brothers Barbecue. So with that all being said, kick back, relax, and enjoy this review of Glory Pro Wrestling, as well as WWE Great Balls of Fire with me and Zach Epstein here on the Fight Talk Podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Fight Talk Podcast. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm here with Zach Epstein. Zach, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? Doing good, doing good. And you guys heard the disclaimer. I hope you did. Over at Glory Pro, once again, family-friendly show, but this is an explicit podcast. I'm going to start this off by saying, just saying it, Glory Pro Wrestling in Belleville, Illinois, on July the 9th, War of the New Age, was fucking awesome. Like, that show was fucking awesome. Uh, I mean, from start to finish, a phenomenal show. Incredible. I've been to countless professional wrestling shows live. I mean, between the WWE, WCW back in the day, Ring of Honor, all the independent promotions that I go check out. I mean, NXT, I've seen them more recently, more, uh, what's the right word? more consistently than any other company probably. I I go to NXT shows whenever I can. But this was the best independent pro wrestling show I've ever been to. And as far as the in-ring action is concerned, probably the best pro wrestling show I've ever been to, period. Zach, before we get into this match by match, we're not going to talk about every match in detail, but we're going to give everybody credit where it's due. And then we'll get into the WWE Great Balls of Fire review. But just quick thoughts 
right now, before we before we talk specifically about the talent of the matches, your thoughts on Glory Pro, what we went to uh, this past Sunday in Belleville. Uh, it was, like, I'm, I'm almost speechless, like, trying to even, like, talk about it, just because, like, you go into it knowing it's like, all right, you're going there to see uh, Cody Rhodes versus Michael Hogan, that was the that was the getter that's that's why we made the trip pretty much to go see Cody um and then no idea what else we were gonna see out there and then I think there was nine or ten different variations of moves that were done just like straight on the apron like a glorious DDT um saw my first Canadian destroyer live in person which was just amazing um thought was gonna see a burning hammer like it, it well we saw a burning hammer into an RKO yeah so I mean yeah uh, I I can't even like say anymore without like breaking it down like by the matches, but it was just like these guys were. It was four hundred people. They had to six hundred six hundred complete sellout. sold out. They had yep. to turn. If we didn't buy them ahead of time, they would, they were turning people away as soon as we walked up there. They were like, "Hey guys, sorry, we have to turn you away." Like we've never done this before yeah so buy your tickets in advance which we did luckily like zach mentioned buy your tickets in advance if you're going to go to glory pro because their shows are so good they're legitimately selling out yeah and i mean uh what elgin stopped like uh right after his match like he had to talk to the crowd on a personal level because you can pay twenty dollars and get first or second row seats and it's for the action that we saw it is the best bang for your buck no knock at the Young Bucks. Um, Love the Young Bucks. Yeah, amazing. Um, but yeah, twenty dollars. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get anything better for front row for that. No, no way. And when when Zach's talking about is Michael Elgin felt bad because he's the owner and like Booker. He does everything for this company for this promotion. And there were people sitting in, in front row and second row seats that didn't pay for them. And of course, that's gonna. You know, people are going to complain who did pay for them, and they can't sit in their seats that they that they paid extra for. And he addressed it in the ring right after his match with Cody. He he felt so bad about it that I mean he's making it right. He's apologized. Honestly, he's over apologized. Like he and that's not a, a, a that's not something mean that I'm trying to say about Mike Logan. Like he's he's apologized to the point of like, dude, we know we know you're sorry. We know you're sorry. But here's the thing regardless and those people were wrong but it was taken it was taken care of just being in that building for me was good enough because regardless if we had front row seats second row seats which we didn't we had general admission we wound up just posting up where the commentators were at which was amazing the commentator was great best move we could have ever done yeah he was amazing i'll get his name before the end of the podcast but man incredible show let's just start going through it right now Uh, i mean I'm not. I once again, I can't go match by match. I'm gonna start. DJ Zima Ion was was advertised to be on the show. He hurt himself the night prior, couldn't wrestle. I cannot remember the name of his of his replacement, but he wrestled uh, this guy called Everett Connors. Really, really solid match. I just want to get these people's names out there. Uh, Sean Orleans and I don't know Brandon. Brandon Sp Espinosa. Espinosa. Once again, all these guys had great matches. But where I'm going to really start going into this, there's a team called the Besties in the World. Okay? They wrestled the boys from Jollyville. The Besties in the World come out to Savage Garden doing these, like, hand motions and stuff. And I know this sounds ridiculous. They were so over with the crowd. Like, like, and I loved it because I like Savage Garden. I like, the, I like that music. So 
oh my god, it was so good. Like, and these guys put on a great tag team match. Uh, I mean, Martin Stone versus Kurt Stallion. I'd never seen Kurt Stallion live, but I've heard about him. I was actually told by the guys who own um, Sup Graps, uh, Southern Under Pro, Southern Underground Pro Wrestling here in Nashville. Those guys told me about Kurt Stallion, and I didn't put two and two together until after the show. Apparently, he's making a big name for himself here in the Southeast. Him and Martin Stone had an awesome match. Yeah. I they, mean, yeah, go ahead. They, they, they went back and forth, I think, for like a good four or five minutes with straight headbutts. Uh, just, just going yeah. back and forth. I'm like, I'm for Texas. I'm for England. Just going, just really just a straight battle in the ring. It was, it was great. That was the opening match. Well, second opening, because they had like a YouTube exclusive match prior. But the real show opener was the Martin Stone versus Kurt Stallion, which started the day off great. Yeah. Amazing. And what's we'll talk a little more at length starting here. There was a six-man tag match. Oh, sorry. I don't want to mention. I don't want to forget to mention Gary J and Jake something. Another entertaining match. Jake something almost killed himself out there oh, uh, with a with a botch hurricane rana from the ring apron to the outside. But it was a great match. Danny Danny Adams and Paco Gonzalez had a really really good back and forth entertaining match. So I want to get all those guys' names out there. But but there was a six-man match between Gringo Loco, KLD, Alex Daniels, Lewis or Louis Linden, I'm not sure, Jake Parnell, and Hakeem Zane. That was fucking phenomenal. Like, every move you can think of, these guys did. And KLD is the guy who won the match, and he's he was much larger than the rest of the, the performers on that in that match. Probably the biggest guy in the whole in the whole company, he's, pound for pound. He's like three thirty. I think they built him as three thirty seven. Yeah, monstrous dude, and he won the match, and it was incredible. I mean, high flying, people jumping out out of the ring from the top through the ropes, doing moves onto the ring apron. I mean, do you have anything to add about this match? I mean, it's, this is stuff you guys have to see to believe. Like the amount of crazy moves these guys are doing. Yeah, there's there's a uh, this one guy I I can't think of who it was. I think it was Jake Parnell was the guy who was wearing like his uh his ring gear was uh the real Ben Affleck. Yes. I think that was him. I think so. And I mean one of his gimmicks he's just sitting there and he's got like four or five layers of just Ben Affleck shirts that he just like slowly takes off in the ring. Yeah. And uh it's it's too funny but uh one thing I think Stevens put it out on the Twitter page if not I'm sure he will. Um I took a video of KLD. He's a 337 pounds guy. And he dove to the outside, like just a quick, and he, everyone else was doing it, four or five people did it in front of him, and then he just looked at the crowd, shrugged his shoulders and said, okay, and then ran against the ring ropes and launched himself over the top and took everyone out. Um, yeah, that, that six, that six minute match, like you, like you said, there was just, uh, just about just everything was there, um. And again, with that Jake Parnell guy, he did a, uh, I think it was a Phoenix Splash from the second turnbuckle to the outside that he just completely missed. Yeah, he overshot He everybody. overshot everybody, but as soon as he hit the ground, just popped straight up, arms up in the air, hey, I'm okay, no worries. Um, oh, gosh, like that really was one of the best, I mean, it was the best live wrestling I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, and that was just one of the matches. I mean, we can go from that into talking about Donovan Dijak versus Mirafuji. Like, this happened. Like, these two guys went at it hard as hell. I mean, a great hard-hitting back-and-forth match. Both hit 
crazy moves in a super believable match. I've never seen Dijak live. I haven't seen Marafuji live either, but I, I knew much more about Marafuji going into it. Dijak is six foot seven and moves around like a cruiserweight, but also has power moves. Like one move you marked out pretty hard for was the uh, he did a, a choke slam off the top rope into a backbreaker. Yeah, that's his finisher, the choke breaker. I, I heard the uh, commentator say, "Yeah, that thing was." Oh gosh, that thing hurt. And another thing that I did mark out for was the Canadian Destroyer just asked the people that were right in front of me, like, I didn't know my voice could get that high-pitched. Um, when he hit that move, I, I just said, oh! Uh, oh, gosh, <laughs> it, was, it was so good. Like, I, I could watch, I'm going to get to every single Glory Pro show from here on out that's, that's possible. Yeah, I mean, and even past that, okay, let's talk about... <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about this one right now. Cody Rhodes versus Michael Elgin. They actually wound up doing this match right before the intermission. There was 10 matches on this show. And they did this match in, right before the intermission, which I thought was kind of odd because I figured it'd be the main event, especially considering Cody Rhodes, in my opinion, is, is the draw for the show, the main draw. But it made sense because for a few reasons probably, but the one that I saw as probably making the most sense was – there were so many people in attendance that Cody did not have a chance to do a photo op with everybody, which was advertised. You, you pay your 10 bucks and you get to go take a picture with Cody Rhodes. And after his match with Michael Elgin right before the intermission, which was a great match, which was much better than their match from Dominion, uh, I guess a month or so ago, yeah. it, it was really, really good. It was great. And he stayed in the ring and took pictures, and me and Zach were in that line because we weren't able to get it beforehand and we had made a four and a half hour drive to watch the show but also to be able to take a picture with Cody uh for those who don't know most of you probably do at this point listen to this podcast but uh we both went to the same high school as Cody Rhodes and I was actually on the same high school wrestling team for two years as he was he's two two years older than I am so I've been following his career since high school wrestling all the way through you know OVW WWE everything he's doing now and I haven't seen him in person. Well, I've seen him wrestle for the WWE Live a bunch before, but I've never been able to go up, shake his hand, and actually talk to him for about 12 years. And he couldn't have been a nicer guy. Uh, I walked up, introduced myself. He immediately remembered who I was, uh, said something to me that only someone from the Lasseter High School wrestling team could have even understood. And it was a great, great time. I mean, me and Zach were able to get our pictures taken with him. I mean, he's the current ROH champion. I mean, that's fucking awesome. And he was a great dude, and the match was awesome. Do you want to elaborate on that, Zach, before we talk about the main event and get into Great Balls of Fire? Um, yeah, it was it, it was a, just a, a great match to watch. Um, both those guys got, got their stuff in, um, and then it ended up being just a Cody got a roll-up victory on Elgin, which sort of leaves it open, hopefully, for another matchup between them because they've put on two great matches that I've seen. They've probably put on countless other matches that I haven't been able to watch. But, yeah, I could watch these guys go forever. And then, uh, like Steven said, um, just, like, after the match, like, he got on the mic and he apologized. He's like, hey, guys, listen, I know we couldn't get to everybody for these uh, meet and greets, but don't worry, I'm going to stand here in the middle of this ring and do meet and greets with every last person until everybody gets it that that is pleased. And I think the last meet and greet he did was with this little, uh, this little like, three-year-old, four-year-old, four-year-old boy and, like, the whole, got the whole crowd given the odds. 
uh, which was nice. But yeah, that match was just great. Couldn't believe you're getting those two huge names in the middle like of bumblefuck nowhere. You're 45 minutes outside St. Louis, um, and you're getting some of the best wrestling ever. Who who would have imagined? We we drove through like 10 miles of cornrows to get there. Oh yeah, we took some back roads that there were. I mean, there was literally, and that's no disrespect to this area, by the way, calling it bumblefuck. But there really was, there was nothing else around. Yeah, like it's if it's yeah, like you said, no disrespect, but it's it's the part of town where you get off the highway in the middle of the night. You're like, well, lock the doors here. I'm I don't know where to go. Yeah, there was nothing around, nothing at all. Yeah. So you know, and that's all before we even talk about the main event of the show, which was oh gosh. Oh yeah. So. So what wound up happening, they do Cody versus Elgin right before the, the intermission. They do a few more matches, and, you know, Dijak and Marafuji happens. And then, like, a bunch of the crowd starts, like, leaving the arena because they figure that Dijak versus Marafuji is the main event. And we're sitting there going, do people not realize there's, there's one more match? A.R. Fox and Myron Reed are about to wrestle. And I knew A.R. Fox from before. I've talked to Shane Strickland, also known as Swerve or Killshot from Lucha Underground, who is a is a big fan of AR Fox and I believe actually trained with him and has had a lot of matches against him as well. AR Fox is also RJ Fox in Lucha Underground. And so I knew a lot about him. Not a whole lot, but enough. I didn't know anything about Myron Reed. And these two guys put on a I mean, words don't even do justice how good this was. And the risks these guys took and the moves that they were pulling off, it was like, honestly, the most comparable thing is like to watch like a Ricochet and Osprey match as far as, you know, just those kind of moves that you're seeing. Just back and forth. Like, But there's nothing else you can compare it to other than something like that. Uh, Zach, what were your thoughts on this? Because I knew a little bit of what to expect because I remember, remember I turned to you before they both came out and I was like, I was like, Fox is kind of like Ricochet, so we might see some pretty cool stuff. But you really didn't know what to expect at all. Yeah, no, that was, um, like you said, it was it was just amazing. Like uh, when you said Ricochet versus Osprey, that in my in my head at that exact time, that's what I was thinking. I was like, it was like it was like being there for Ricochet versus Osprey. Um, but I remember overhearing the commentator saying that the and he's the champion of the company, Myron Reed. Um, he's only been doing doing professional wrestling for 18 months. 15, eight, 15 months or 18 months, one of the two. It was something like that, yeah. Like, and, hardly any time at all. And and he's he's amazing. Like, there's there's really no other words. Um, to give you a view of, like, what you saw, uh, the chairs were only a, a good, like, what, seven feet back, six feet back from where the ring was? Yeah, with, with no barricade. Yeah, and everyone's just launching themselves, like, before anything happens, they just give to the crowd just a nice wave of the hand, be like, hey, get out of the way, here we come. Um, and just just take off. And they, and you're hearing them like hit head first, leg first, back first, straight into these chairs. Like everybody, every single match on this card, they were given life and limb for for this show. And it, and, and it showed and everybody in the arena or the fairgrounds like appreciated how much they gave. Um, yeah, going back, I think, to one of the earlier ones, you mentioned Jake something. Like, that guy, he's a big dude. Like, that is a real big dude. And he, his main slogan thing is, uh, said, what's my name? And then the whole crowd just goes, something. It just, it, it, it works so well. It's just so bland, but it, it, I was, I was loving it. Like, 
not knowing anything about any of these guys going in besides the aforementioned Cody Rhodes and Michael Elgin, um, I went. I want to go back and buy all these guys merch. Like, I would give all my money to these guys because what they do is just amazing. Yeah, and I, I'm looking right now to see. I just don't want to. I don't want to pause or or stop the the podcast. What I'm doing right now is I'm actually looking up the commentator's name because that dude was amazing. He was one of the best commentators I've heard in quite some time. And we were even like someone hit a flatliner during one of the matches and his immediate call was who better than Canyon, which I mean, me and Zach are just marking out in front of the dude. Like we're up, we're jumping up and down yelling and screaming, waving our hands at all this amazing action. And I mean, and we can hear this dude calling it. I mean, doing great. His name is Tyler Voles. Uh, he can be followed on Twitter at the Tyler Voles, T-H-E-T-Y-L-E-R-V-O-L-Z. So Shout out to Tyler Voles. He apparently also commentates for AAW, which is a big promotion up, I guess, more in the Chicago area. But, yeah, so that all being said, I mean, I give that show a 10 out of 10. Yeah, there, there's nothing else we can say. Like, I mean, every – those guys, I've said it a number of times already, but they risk life and limb in that match. The There was a couple just moves, every everything, like – the whole I package could, was great. Yeah, I could keep, I could just keep on going, just slurring my words, just keep talking over myself because I don't know what else to say about this. And you know, once again, two thumbs up to to Michael Elgin for the way he handled everything and for putting on a great show. Their next uh, big show that we're going to is August the twentieth. They've already announced Chuck Taylor is going to be wrestling at that show. Uh, I believe Elgin's going to be wrestling for the tag titles with a partner, uh, someone who actually won a match on the show we're talking about. Um, there's all there's already a, a handful of people announced for it. Yeah, Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb, Matanza, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be an amazing show. So once again, Glory Pro Wrestling. Hey, I'm wearing your t shirt right now. I was I was so happy. I bought some merch before I left and we'll leave it at that for now. And this will bring us right into our WWE Great Balls of Fire review. And we're just gonna go match by match. Uh this won't take way too long. We're recording this on July the eleventh, which is uh Tuesday, so SmackDown's going to be starting in about 20 minutes, and I'll have this out there before that gets started. We started off with Neville versus Akira Tozawa, and that was on the pre-show. My prediction was Neville. I was correct there. Zach predicted Neville as well. This was for the Cruiserweight Championship. It went almost 12 minutes. It was a, it was actually a pretty good match with a really weak ending. Uh, we basically saw Tozawa get racked on the top, uh, the top rope. And then Neville hits him with a spinning kick to the body, which I don't know if they were trying to play it up as the body or the groin. I'm not sure. But he pinned him right after that, which was super weak considering this is a guy who has the red arrow, which is probably the most impressive move in all of wrestling. He has the rings of Saturn, which is one of the most painful-looking submission holds. And he does a top rope superplex. And he won with a, you know, a kick to the gut, basically. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on this one, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was it was a great match up until the ending. Uh, Tozawa hit that massive senton off the top. He thought he would get the win. Neville did the smart thing, rolled out of the ring, and then the chaos end of the match ensued after that. Um, hopefully Tozawa gets a rematch. I really don't see how we can beat Neville. Uh, I really don't see how anybody can beat Neville at this point. But, yeah, it was a solid match. It was pre-show. 
It is what it is. After that, we get into the actual opener of the official Great Balls of Fire main card, which is Bray Wyatt defeating Seth Rollins. I was wrong about this one. I really did not see this coming. And since we are recording this on Tuesday, we can mention things about Raw here and there. Wyatt did it again last night, which I really, really did not expect. So good for him. Hopefully they're going to actually do something meaningful with him. This match went about 12 minutes long. Good back and forth. It was pretty much a clean victory, but Bray, you know, did poke him poke him in the eye with his thumb, which led to the sister Abigail for the win. So they had that out there, and Rollins is still selling the eye even last night when he lost. So they're they're doing things to make Rollins not look weak in this scenario, but also help advance Wyatt. Uh, Zach, your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, you can go back and listen to the prediction podcast and you hear me say there's no way I can pick Bray Wyatt because when are they ever going to give him a win, and especially over Rollins, who's on such a... Rollins just beat uh, Samoa Joe at a pay-per-view and he beat Triple H, and why is he going to lose to Bray Wyatt? He's exactly. lost everything that he's done. But yeah, I, he needs... Wyatt needed this, obviously, um, and I really want to see what happens. Um, and then it looks like we are going to get something IC title related with Seth Rollins from last night. Yeah, probably him or him and Ambrose or something. I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to call Shield reunion. I don't think that they're going to put Reigns into this mix yeah. with the two of them to fight off the Miztourage. I don't. But I I mean I wouldn't. I don't think I'd hate the idea. I'd give I mean it'd give a really big rub to Axel and Dallas. Bo Dallas is doing amazing work, by the way. Uh, which we'll get into uh, when we talk about the IC title match from this show. But, yeah, anything else you want to add with Wyatt and Rollins? I think you covered it pretty well. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, it was, a, it was a good match. It was better. What, uh, I mean, I heard someone say, like, Rollins is a phenomenal athlete. We knew what Bray Wyatt could do, and Bray Wyatt brought it, and it was a great match, great way to open the show. All right. After that, uh, Big Cass beat the shit out of Enzo Amore. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it was like five minutes long, but it could have been like five seconds long and accomplished the same thing. But I get it. They, they're trying to make Cass look like a monster heel. I mean, they just want him to look like a real piece of shit. I mean, that's really where they're going with this. And he bullied around Enzo. Enzo stood no chance at all. Uh, you got anything to add for this one? Uh, I mean, Enzo gave a great promo, but I mean, you know, he that did. He, you know that he's going to give a great promo and then Cass, um, throwing Enzo over the top rope straight to the ground um that was pretty huge yeah enzo cut a great promo on raw last night so i will i'll give him credit there for sure i i i like big cast and i like i like that this is how things played out because i would like to see big cast doing something bigger and it looks like he'll be i mean literally and figuratively he'll be wrestling the big show next so no problem with that at all after that, we had Cesaro and Sheamus defeating the Hardy Boys in a 30-minute Ironman match. The final score was 4-3 to three for the uh, to retain the Raw Tag Team Championships. Well, this was a really good match start to finish. There was a lot of good spots in there. They hit pretty much everything, I mean, pretty damn clean. Uh, it looks like the Hardys are breaking slowly, which is very, very exciting for all of us because... We've been wanting to see that since they returned to the company. And, Zach, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, yeah, it was it was a real good match. Um, and with the Wrestle Rumble predictions, um, for this match alone, it was who's going to win um, and then who's going to get the first pinfall or kind of whatever victory. And I ended up getting uh, 
I ended up getting this right the first time because like they Cesaro and Sheamus are working really well as a team and I really like that uh with that first little just um what's the word I'm looking diversion on um Matt Hardy and then Sheamus just made him eat a bro kick for the three. Uh they they played it really well, but there was I don't know, the ending was a little weird just because of the or the the last pinfall where Hardy got the Swanton and then he was able to get pinned. Which, I mean, if it was a roll-up schoolboy, got him by the tights a little bit, but it was just a clean pin on top. So the just, like, held him down. Yeah, it was just a normal pin. I don't, I don't understand how it couldn't kick out, but that, it was, it was, it was a good, it was a good victory. They needed this, this win, um, I think, to sort of cement themselves as a really good champion. Yep. And I was correct in this one as well. I had Cesaro and Sheamus, so did Zach. I don't know if we mentioned in the last one. We both had big casts for that one as well. But, uh, yeah, it was good. And the Hardys are breaking. And and uh, Matt cut a really... I mean, Matt and Jeff both cut great promos last night on Raw. But Matt especially, because his little mannerisms and like fake accent thing are starting to come out a little bit, which I'm really excited about, because that's going to show the real genius of Matt Hardy to a much bigger audience than who was seeing it outside the WWE. Yeah, and Jeff Hardy uh, cut the song that he normally leads into, calling himself obsolete. Uh, that was that was real good. The whole crowd, huge pop when he said obsolete. That was just huge. Yep, definitely looking forward to what they do next with that. After that, we had Sasha Banks defeating Alexa Bliss by countout in a really good women's championship match. Uh, you know, this was better than a lot of matches on the on the card. But it was a good card, top to bottom. So I, this isn't a knock on anybody, but they, they really brought it. Uh, Sasha Banks won by countout, though. But it's leading it or leaving it open for more matches down the line. I'm okay with that. It was about 12 minutes, which is a good amount of time. I had no problem with that. And Bliss is still the champion, which I also don't have a problem with. Uh, but what what it did do is it cemented Sasha Banks is still good enough. In the, in I mean, for anybody who thinks that she's slid down, which she kind of has down the ranks, because she hasn't been spotlighted much much lately, but she's still very much in the conversation for the women's championship on Raw, and I think we're going to get more out of Bliss and Banks in the very near future, especially because of the way that this match ended. Uh, Zach, do you have anything to add for this one? Um, yeah, it was, I mean, like you said, it was it was a pretty solid match, um, and then due to the count-out victory afterwards, Sasha got a little pissed off and then ultimately hit that huge uh, knees-to-the-chest off the announce table onto the outside, which was pretty big drop out there too. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Um, other than that, yeah, nothing, nothing more can really add to that. It's just great. Love seeing Alexis champion. Me too. Um, next speaking of another champion, I love seeing the Miz retained his WWE intercontinental championship against Dean Ambrose. I was right about this. We were both wrong about Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks. Uh, I thought Bliss was going to win. Oh, well, here's the thing. I was just hoping she was going to leave as the champion, and that's what happened. But with The Miz, uh, we were both right about this one. And we were both right about, you know, The Miz Taraj got involved, and they were heavily involved in the decision of this one, and it makes sense. I mean, The Miz's character is tailor-made for somebody who should not even be getting clean victories over everyone. It'd be cool to see every now and then, but his whole character is, I mean, it just fits it perfectly, that he just somehow, some way. Winds up getting the win because of some outside help from somebody. He's awesome. He is. And he's not afraid to tell you. 
Him and Ty Dillinger had a really weird thing on Twitter today, by the way. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I, I saw something on Facebook. Uh, WWE posted them on Facebook where Ty was uh, talking about that. Did you see what Ty said about the Miz's wife? Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't know if that's even still up. I haven't checked since hours ago. But, like, basically to paraphrase this, the Miz and Dillinger going back and forth about something... The Dillinger basically says for the Miz to bring the IC title back to SmackDown so he can so he can win it or whatever, and the Miz is like, like why? Like I'm gonna tune in to watch you on the before the show dark match, and Dillinger's like I'm great in the dark. Is that your wife? So I don't know, and he and he also called him out for stealing moves. He called the Miz out for stealing moves. So I don't know what happened there, but that was just a little sidebar. As far as this match was concerned, I went into de- great detail on my podcast as well as the fanspodcast.com's uh, roundtable with all the hosts about this one. So there's not a whole lot I'm going to say about it. Miz won with the score-crushing finale, and I, it played out pretty much identical to, to how I expected it to. Loved Bo Dallas in this one. Love his new look. Love everything he's doing. Big fan of his, and at least Curtis Axel's got something to do. Zach, your thoughts on this IC title match? Uh, yeah, I mean... The Miz, Miz is a great champion. He he won as Miz wins, uh, and then as we saw, like Dean has looks like he's leaning towards a heel turn. He needs it so bad. He was he was getting a little uh, pissed off with Seth Rollins after he came out and saved the Ambrose last night. Um, yeah, and I really want to see Miz not fight Ambrose, or if he is as with Dean as a heel maybe but end that feud for a little bit at least and let Miz get someone else yeah everyone's Please. over it everyone's over it it's 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 been done to death and I think everyone's over Dean Ambrose as a face also as yeah. a baby face because he's just not getting the pops that he should be getting and his shirt is so lame like I buy so much stuff off WWE shop I buy a bunch of indie stuff too all the time but like I can't. What what's it say? It's like it's like it looks no like a Jack Daniels. Dean. Yeah. No good Dean goes unhinged. Yeah, yeah, and like it's probably. I mean, it's one of the lamest T-shirts I've ever seen in my life, and he's out there wearing it. And I heard Renee Young talking talking it up before. Like she loved this new shirt, so I have a feeling like she might have designed it, and he's out there wearing it because you know why? You know it's his wife. I don't know. There's just there's just a lot of work that needs to be done as far as Dean Ambrose's character is concerned, in my opinion. Up next, we had Braun Strowman defeating Roman Reigns in an ambulance match. Went about 16 and a half minutes. I got this one correct. I predicted Braun Strowman. I believe Zach did yeah. you as well. He did. So, and you know what? I pretty much called the ending, too. I said they can have everyone save face by one of them just running full steam at the ambulance and the other one just sidestepping it, and that's... I mean, you can go back and listen to the, the Prediction podcast. I legitimately said that that was a very easy way of doing this without making either guy look bad. That's what happened. Uh, it was it was a solid match. It was very good, very entertaining. Roman Reigns continues to deliver, and so does Braun Strowman. After the match, Roman Reigns... After the match, the match really starts, and Roman Reigns puts him in, an, in the back of the ambulance, puts Strowman in the back of the ambulance, that is, uh, throws the driver down to the ground and runs Strowman into I guess another vehicle, a semi. a semi and all he did was he lost clean by his own fault like he he ran himself head first into the back of an ambulance 
and then was a sore loser about it through a a complete stranger neutral you know had nothing to do with it some guy just threw him out of his vehicle onto the ground and then tried to murder Braun Strowman but he's supposed to be a baby face or or a heel or a tween or whatever it is these this is these are heel things yeah like there's nothing baby face about anything i just mentioned and there's everything baby face about Strowman not only surviving this whole thing getting up and walking away on his own power just bleeding all over the place so Strowman looks like a hero. Roman Reigns looks like a dick, and that's actually okay. I just I just hope the WWE doesn't continue to go in the direction of them thinking the fans are going to cheer Roman Reigns. Like he's doing heel things, and he's coming off like a heel, and he's being arrogant like a heel, but he's wrestling heels. All they need to do is the same exact thing they're doing, and have him wrestle baby faces. It's that easy. Zach, what are your thoughts on this? I know I just talked a whole lot about it, but is there anything you'd like to add? Um, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a solid match. Uh, one of the spots that I loved in this match was Reigns hitting Strowman with the chair like four or five times and Strowman just eating it and being like, is that all you got, pussy? Just straight up, just... He didn't, he didn't feel it. He flipped it off like it was a fucking mosquito just biting him and then proceeded to just beat the ever-living shit out of Roman Reigns. Like, that was the whole match. Like, I mean, Roman Reigns got some offense in, but for the most part, Strowman had his freaking way with him. And then, yeah, after the match, um, Reigns tried to uh, vehicular homicide Braun Strowman. Um, That was pretty cool. Uh, (laughs) uh, But, yeah, then at the end, like, it felt like the end of a movie, sort of, with Braun Strowman. He's getting out, and he gives that line leave me alone. Like, he's like the Sasquatch just going off in the woods to just tend to his wounds and just come back and just beat the shit out of Roman Reigns when he heals up, which I really hope he does. Just gotta be sweet. But yeah, I mean, Strowman's the man is is where I'm I'm getting to, as we've been saying for the past while now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and during this, uh, during when all this is going on, Heath Slater and Kurt Hawkins come out like, Hawkins is like still putting on his boots, and Slater's like doing up his, doing wrist up his tape. wrist tape and stuff, walking down the ramp. They have a match that lasts about two minutes. Um, the ending, no one knows what happened because it ended with Heath Slater defeating Kurt Hawkins. Uh, but it, the ending in the ring bell and the announcement, and everything came while they were in the back trying to get Strowman out of the ambulance via the Jaws of Life. So um, there's that too. And that all led into the main event of the evening, which was Brock Lesnar defending his WWE Universal Championship successfully against Samoa Joe, Paul Heyman on the outside, the advocate for Brock Lesnar. This was a pretty damn good match. I mean, for it only being, you know, six and a half minutes of action, it seemed like more than that. And it was because Samoa Joe jumped him before the bell, threw him through the announce table with a uh, Uranagi. Yeah. Hit a Uranagi on him, basically a, a standing rock bottom right through the table. And Brock was basically fighting from underneath, kind of babyface style, the rest of the match. And eventually, I mean, the whole thing was based around Samoa Joe just trying to get in the clutch, coquina clutch over and over and over again. Uh, he put him in it a few times. Lesnar ultimately is able to escape it, hits one F5. Well, he hits a few German suplexes, I think six German suplexes, yeah. one sidewalk slam. 
uh, some knees and an F five, and that was I mean that was pretty much it. But it cements Lesnar as the beast, just like always, and it also elevates Joe to a status where. You know, even though it was a short time, he did hang with Brock Lesnar, and it is a match that I'd like to see again if if they gave it more time for sure. Zach, what are your thoughts on this main event? We were both right with Brock, by the way. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was it was a good match. Like Joe got in pretty much all of his offense. Like the only thing I don't think I really saw him do was his senton, um, but he got everything in. He got the uh, back, the running backsplash, excuse me, into the uh, enziguri in the corner. Uh, like you said, he did the urinagi into the um, through the announce table, which was just massive. Um, and that was a WrestleRumble.com question too. Will Brock hit a um, suplex on the outside, and will they break an announce table uh, during the main event? And I believe, I mean, I put, I think I put no for both of those, and I was right because the bell didn't ring, so technically that one shouldn't count. I don't believe, but yeah, it was. I mean, it was a great match. Um, and then I called, and I'm sitting there, like, Joe had the cocaine clutch on for, like, I think, like, the third or fourth time. Then I just sat there, and I was like, well, all right, here comes uh, Brock's just going to pop up into the F5 for the 1, 2, 3, and then that happened. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was a great, great match, and I do want to see them get a little bit more more time into another match and it looks like we might see that because next week reigns versus uh joe for the number one contendership yep and you know i'm I'm imagining joe's gonna lose that one i think roman's probably gonna go over setting up uh roman versus lesnar at SummerSlam is what i'm thinking but i would not be mad to see joe back in that spot at all and that is wwe great balls of fire as well as glory pro wrestling War of the New Age. Uh, Zach, got any closing closing thoughts or anything you want the people to know before I plug my stuff when we get out of here and watch SmackDown? Um, I, I don't think I got everything. Just go see some independent wrestling. Like, if, you got, if you're able to, Glory Pro, shout out to them a hundred times. They are amazing. I couldn't agree more. And speaking of SmackDown, I'll be doing a review that you all re- will either hear tomorrow or the next day over on the blue level section of the fanspodcast.com. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at the fans podcast. Also make sure to follow me on Twitter at fight talk underscore. That's at F I G H T T A L K underscore. I have a Facebook group as well at fight talk podcast or search fight talk in the search bar should come up pretty easy. You can follow me on Podomatic. You can also subscribe on Google play as well as iTunes. There's a whole bunch of channels now though. Uh, Stitcher Podbean. There's a whole bunch of ways to listen, but if you're subscribed on iTunes, please rate and comment on iTunes. You can just jump on there, hit a five-star rating, put any comment you want, whether it's, hey, Steven, or I like the podcast, whatever it is, it can be short, easy, quick, and it helps the podcast out a lot. It really does. And it was, I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth. I have merchandise available at whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops. Tank tops are the big thing right now with it being summer and all. Jump on there. If there's a size you don't see that you want, just let me know. If there's a color that you want that you don't see, just let me know. Even a design, I can hook you up and make it happen. Got every size you can think of for all colors, uh, races, ages, genders, whatever. Whatever you are, whatever you identify as, I I do not discriminate. This is for everybody. If you if you like the show and you want to support it, I support you 100%. And I'm going to do whatever I can to help you out. And if you need something from me, I'll make it happen. And speaking of people that help make it happen, special thanks once again to my sponsors, WrestleRumble.com. 
Heroes and Legends, Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing, and Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Thank you very much for listening, and I will be back soon. Hey, my-